Sydney. Uh, hi. Who is this? It's your killer hosts. My name is Parker, your resident horror fanatic. I'm Caroline, scaredy scream queen. I'm Ian, scary movie skeptic. And welcome to... What's Your Favorite Scary Movie is a horror film podcast where we're on a journey to find our favorite scary movie one at a time. Whether you hate them or love them, join us and discover yours. All right, so tonight we took a journey through the movie Revenge. This movie premiered at Toronto International Film Festival in 2017 to critical acclaim and had a wide release in 2018. Revenge was written and directed by Coralie Fargette, and um, I think very notable that she is a woman. A woman. A woman. (gasps) Revenge is her feature debut, which I think is funny because we had the title of the movie, the like intro scene, and then Blackout, a film by... Uh, Coralie Fargette and then back to the movie seems like something maybe like a prominent director might do <laughs> you know hmm. but she did it big time this movie stars Matilda Lutz as Jen she was in the 2017 movie Rings which was apparently a bummer indeed <laughs> uh, none of the men actually had any notable credits to their name and Parker would like me to mention that they're trash in all caps anyways. <laughs> oh, indeed. The IMDb summary. Quote, never take your mistress on an annual guy's getaway, especially one devoted to hunting. A violent lesson from three wealthy married men. Interesting description, IMDb. Very male-centric. Thank you. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score is a 92% from the critics and a 55% from the audience. Mm. What? The critics' consensus, quote, Revenge slices and dices genre tropes, working within an exploitation framework while adding a timely yet never less than viscerally thrilling feminist spin. Before we get started, I guess a little context. So... In the 70s and 80s, the rape revenge uh, film was very popular. It would be easy to argue that the simple premise of a woman being raped and then enacting revenge is empowering. But if you actually watched any of these movies from the 70s and 80s, they are not. (laughs) In in, uh, Last House on the Left, which written and directed by Wes Craven, who I fanboyed over last week and now slide back into silent upset over this week. Um, The main character is tortured and dragged around and raped for like three quarters of the movie. And it's awful. Mm. I'd seen it before and I watched it recently again, just to, you know, brush up on my knowledge for this episode. And I hated it. And then they actually kill her. Spoiler. Sorry. And then somehow end up lodging at her parents' house and they figure it out and decide to kill the criminals. Uh, 
So really no revenge from the main person. And even when the parents kill them, the dad like sets booby traps and like chainsaws people. And all the mom does is takes a guy outside, gives him a blowjob and bites his dick off. Oh my God. So again, not very um, equal there. And then in other films, like I spit on your grave from the seventies, uh, where a woman is raped in various forms four separate times in the first half of the movie. Whoa. Uh, the That event transforms her into a crazy killer who loses all humanity and then takes pleasure in emasculating her attackers twice while engaging them in, in sexual activity. Does she kill them? So there's kind of this like traditional um, imbalance towards men in these rape revenge movies where it's like, on the surface, you're like, oh, wow, like a woman taking back her, you know, whatever. And then, no, wrong. It sucks. And it's awful. In my notes, I wrote, review of I Spit on Your Grave that I saw on Rotten Tomatoes. It says, audiences who like the spectacle of men being tortured and women being raped may well be the same audiences. For them, the film offers a two-for-one deal. Gross. <laughs> yeah. In my notes, I compared it to... Lady Gaga's Do What You Want, which if you read the lyrics, is an empowering song. (laughs) But now it is just a song where Lady Gaga is telling R. Kelly to do what he wants with her body. Not so hot in 2019. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of different ways to read these movies. A lot of different ways people have read these movies. And I think Revenge is a very notable movie of today 2019 because it takes this framework and it turns it around to give us a bit of a different spin on it Mm -hmm. so now that we've had a little context maybe some first reactions to the movies to the movie singular (laughs) oh i i think the first things out of my mouth have to be that these people have unlimited amounts of blood And I know that you preface the whole movie with there's going to be moments where you're going to say that couldn't happen. But man, did that blood look real? (laughs) I mean, this was not like the ketchup kind of movie. Like that was like good looking Mm -hmm. fake blood. And they had a lot of it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stuck out to me initially was just the as the revenge the revenge started in the movie i was like who deserves this more and i realized that all three of the guys were equally in my opinion at fault which was interesting i would agree they made a point to showcase each fault mhm yeah and we even had i feel like they were all kind of diff- maybe They were like different aspects of a gross man, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like if you combine them all, you might have like the ultimate gross frat guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And that what y'all just said reminded me when I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes scores on this, because I always think it's important to know like, oh, critics didn't like this, but audiences loved it. And, you know, that's I just it's hard to judge a horror movie, but it's just I think it's interesting to know the scales people are viewing it on. And so I was surprised to see the high rating from the critics because I thought this movie was awesome too. And then such a low rating from the audience. And I was like, what? And I was going through the comments and getting furious. It was because I like clicked on the one star ratings. Cause like, what's going on here? 
It was all men being like, that's not how you use a gun. Those guys don't even know how to hunt. Why were they oh bringing my those rifles? What? You couldn't survive with all that blood. And just all this stuff about how unrealistic this movie was. And I was like, wow, you guys are all trash. You thought that you were going to get a sexy lady rapey movie and you didn't. Joke's on you. So I just had a moment of fury while looking through those reviews. I mean, I did appreciate like how little sexual content they actually showed. Mm -hmm. I think for me that made the revenge part better because I could see very easily in rape revenge movies. Like you said, like if the rape and torture of the woman lasts three fourths of the movie, you're really just feeding into that idea i thought they showed a lot of it in in my opinion i thought it was a lot i think it was a lot less than in other movies that i've seen of this type but i thought it did a really fabulous job of keeping that like tension and just the air of discomfort because it may have been less visually but like my body felt like extreme like i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm watching this with other people right now i want to crawl in a hole yeah the and again we'll come back to it at the end of the movie when they're circling that room uh chasing each other i thought this movie was really incredible at like my heart was pumping i was like when i first watched this movie i was like jumping out of my chair i was so excited i was like oh my god i cannot handle this movie i'm getting too much anxiety (laughs) we were describing this movie We were talking about the revenge portion multiple times. And I even think it's interesting that this movie is called Revenge. Because when thinking about the other rape revenge movies I've seen, like I Spit on Your Grave and Last House on the Left, it is like people doing something bad and then people seeking revenge for it. And this movie to me did not feel quite that way. Uh, To me, it felt like, so you have a girl, a woman, (laughs) And something bad happens to her. And then it's not like she's tracking these men down to kill them. In my opinion. Y'all could think differently. But it's like she's finding her strength and then doing what she has to to survive. And finding like her own power to fight back. Well, I think the one difference is that they were going to kill her anyways. Like they Mm -hmm. they were hunting her. It's not just her seeking them out to get revenge she's it's self-defense in a lot of ways yeah that's what i'm saying like i think it's just interesting that this movie itself like it's not just people in retrospect are like oh yeah what a good revenge movie like this movie is like called revenge they're like this is revenge and that's not how i interpreted it it It. yeah that's right (laughs) interpreted it yeah at all (laughs) i would agree i think that it's equal parts survival, equal parts revenge. Mm. I mean, yeah, she does kill them all very violently. But it- I mean, here's a question. If she would have ran out into the desert and they hadn't have chased her, I don't think she would have gone back to kill them. Then she would have probably just died in the desert, though. I know, but like, say like somehow she had got out. Yeah, I don't think she would have like harvested those feelings of like they're here to kill me. So I have to kill them. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to decide if she would have had to have gone back because she would have known it was hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm not dwelling on that. I I like what you're saying. I'm just like, "Hmm." but what would have become of her? 
Because because let's, she was going to go with him and uh, he called the helicopter and then he pushed her and that I mean, was like the signal. Let's just backtrack here. It all stems from surviving what she survived, which is nature. A, a stick in her body. Oh, I was like, you can say rape. No. <laughs> oh, that too. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lot. I'm curious. I watched a lot of interviews with the director and no one seemed to ask why she chose that method of Ha-ha, penetration. Am oh. I right? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, so not quite sure. I do think there seems to be a fair amount of symbolism in this movie. And later you see she burns a phoenix into her stomach. Mm. And I wonder if maybe that entire tree situation was in service of like a rising from the ashes situation. I mean, it was fire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like maybe that was her rebirth. I have to talk about this scene in particular when she's waking up multiple times. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a mix of things that she's seen and also the nature. They kind of have like that theme of like the ants and the... Mm, I have more thoughts about bugs. Yeah. I have no idea what that was, but man, sensory. Mm, yeah. You were talking about in previous movies, like the, the auditory uh, elements of these movies. And this was a lot for the ears. Yeah. Even like from the beginning, like you jokingly said when she was like, like on the bed. Yeah. She's like stroking the side and it's like a like like a ASMR. Yeah. It's so interesting. That's like a theme or like even I, I don't watch this, but on American Horror Story, like the intro with all the bugs and like, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Speaking of, I was listening to, um, I don't know if. If it's PC to talk about other podcasts on here, but I was listening to Dead Meat Podcast, which is very good, and they had an episode about childhood fears where people wrote in with things they were afraid of when they were children, and a big one was just they figured out they're like I think just loud noises scare kids, and because I mean people were writing in things like the um, what's that like T H X or the like oh yeah. Yeah, that scared me when I was a kid. And uh, so they just were kind of like, I think loud noises are what scare children. And maybe that's why, maybe that has something to do with it. Is like they amplify the noise for these movies because it's scary. I don't think it's like necessarily loud noises, though. It's like something about like the weird things that you hear every day in that context like it is like an asmr type thing mm-hmm. but with the images that they're showing like the worms and the stuff. lizards that were like yeah <laughs> it's weird yeah that was uh that kind of nightmarish sequence where she was high on drugs i enjoyed that quite a bit first the head exploding like a balloon and then her having that trip with like the birds and the like lizards and the worms and like just like freaking out that panic and it's all flashing so fast. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a seizure. Something else I was noticing a lot the first time I saw this and then more this time was a battle between blues and pinks. 
at the beginning she enters and she's wearing a pink shirt and she's all girly with her blonde hair and her lollipop kind of traditional like sexy girl like ooh and then he's wearing blue so the clothes happen a lot that's not as important i'm excited about these windows the first time creepy rapey stan shows up he sees her through this pink window and she's like ooh i'm a girl and then later and i'm not talking boy girl here necessarily i'm still incubating my thoughts on what the colors mean. I think I have a good idea. Um, And then at the end, the first time that Richard sees her with the gun for the hunt down at the very end is through the blue window. And I was kind of feeling that transformation there and maybe not a, you know, Carol Clover transformation from female to male, but kind of like a transformation from weakness to strength if we're seeing the beginning as her being weak and them, even if it's surface having strength that she has to evolve into and those windows really excited me. I felt like that was kind of the symbol of her ultimate rise to power was that blue window. I definitely like picked up on like the vibrance of the colors being used, especially Mm -hmm. in the beginning. But I, think what kind of struck me is the transformation of her hair over Mm, the movie mm -hmm. like it was very blonde and by the end there were no single specks of blonde Mm -hmm. and that transition was interesting also the only color that remained on her by like three-fourths in the movie were her pink earrings and then her ear got shot off and you saw the pink earring laying on the ground yeah in an interview i was watching with uh coralie farget the director she was talking about how in order and we'll talk about the gore later but in order for there to be this uh you know emotional transformation for her she really felt like she needed to drive it home with you know a physical transformation in appearance as well Mm -hmm. and so she was talking about how intentional like the hair color change was and like they kind of do it in a way where it's like oh like her hair is dirty but I think it's so substantial that you under like I could feel like her hair wouldn't be that dirty like there's something more to it right that's what I'm saying like there were no even specks of blonde Mm -hmm. by the end it was just matted which how rude to blondes (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying anything, but I picked up on what she was putting down, you know? <laughs> oh, sassafras. So somebody asked the director about the excessive gore in this movie, and I thought that her response was very interesting. She said that she knew she had to work in extremes because her goal was not to create something realistic, and she didn't want to depict suffering and pain and, you know, a way that after... You know, something like a rape could be so just overwhelming to you. She said she wanted to create kind of her own reality where you could view this through a lens of like a fantasy. Um, But I just thought that was interesting because there was a lot of gore, a lot more gore than I think is contained within my body. And like I said before we started the movie, it would be easy to write this movie off or get lost in, you know, this... Um, disbelief 
But I think if you kind of surrender to that, because the whole movie is very atmospheric and very visual. And um, I think it's powerful that, you know, it, it's true. It could have, she uses discomfort sometimes for fun even. I think the glass in the foot, that's what everyone talks about this movie and reviews is the glass in the foot. And that's a part where it's like, you can kind of take a breather from thinking about how awful it is that she was raped and now being hunted down by some gross men and just be like, ew, gross. Ah, and like have kind of that like visceral body reaction we were talking about in Saw with like the body horror. Mm. Yeah, definitely a disgusting time. The last big thing that I want to talk about is I was so excited when I watched this movie and set aside any preconceived notions you might have about my sexual orientation. But I was very excited about the equal opportunity nudity in this movie. Mm. I feel like, especially in horror, we are so conditioned to just be like, when are we going to see the titties? And we know we're not going to see any naked men. And we got a lot of naked man in this movie. More than women, actually. I think oh, yeah. we yeah. only flash the boobs. Yeah, once. we get a little bit of boob. And I felt like a lot that... of butt, though. <laughs> a lot of butt. Yeah, but mostly covered, though. Yeah. Um, well, like contained within an article of clothes. But I mean, <laughs> when I say mostly, co- there's a lot of cheek, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was a very functional outfit for the desert, I felt like. You know, yeah. nothing yeah. was holding her back. She, you know, it's like swimmers wearing speedos they can't have that loose material (laughs) anyway so when we see her boobs it's in such a moment it's in a moment of such heightened discomfort that there's to me nothing sexual about it no not at all you see it and you're just like oh my god like Mm -hmm. put a shirt on this is gross because he's watching her and you know he's creepy and you're already in this point where you're like what's he gonna do like just dreading and then not that we are in a sexually stimulating moment when we see the ween a few times. I mean, we see it a little at the beginning. We see it towards the end. It transfers this state of vulnerability onto the man when he's naked, point one. And point two, I think that it's powerful in a movie like this to have the naked man because we're used to in rape revenge movies having a sexualized woman in a non you know in a violent situation and now we have like a male sexualized body in a violent situation yeah i think it was an interesting use of nudity because it weakened him when normally that empowers males Mm -hmm. yeah i agree like to have him running willy-nilly all over the house scared for his life (laughs) with 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 his little willy out, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like that was like a she definitely had the upper hand there. And even when he wraps himself up clear plastic. Oh, that that weakened him even more. I was like, man, back in the kitchen using the saran (laughs) (laughs) where he belongs. Yeah. I had a moment where as a gay man, I was like, oh. This is what these men have been seeing at the movies all these years. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> he did have a nice butt. Although in the very beginning when she like reaches around and grabs his cheek, I was disgusted by the hair that you could see. 
I thought that part was interesting, too, because even in the sexual situation, we are seeing him exposed and not her. Yeah. This movie, I think, knew what it was doing with the nudity. You know where we didn't even get nudity? Call Me By Your Name. A movie about gay sex? No nudity. So let's keep it going, (laughs) horror. There's a few quotes that I want to bring up from the movie. The first one I wrote down. Okay, get fucked up big time. But you're so damn beautiful, too. It's hard to resist you. Come on. Gross. Mm. Again, just a lot of these lines putting blame on women from the men grossed me out. Like, he, he said, it was after the rape, and it was Richard saying that to her. Like, you're just, you're hard to resist. And, like, justifying what had been done to her, that line really grossed me out. I think also, like, during the rape scene... When Stan was like, you liked me last night, like, therefore, I have the right to rape you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. frustrated me. That was gross. And later he said to Richard, he was like, you had to push her off the cliff. And I was like, you had to rape her. Like, gross. Yeah. I hated how Stan was playing like the nice yeah. guy card after the fact. I know. Ugh. Something else he I said. Ha- oh. I had little inklings of when. I would feel bad for Stan and then I would be like, no, what? No. Yeah. Yeah. Stan was, he was acting remorseful, but he knew what he was doing. That whole breakfast thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. He had clear intentions for that day. I also don't like that. It seemed like for the first like half of the movie, Stan was trying to grapple with doing what they did. And then all of a sudden he's in his car and it seems like he like switches and he's okay with like getting after her. You know, like I, I feel like he w- he was feeling really guilty and then all of a sudden he like switched and there wasn't too much of like a change evolution. I feel like I agree, but maybe guilty for what had happened and not guilty for what he did. No, yeah, you know exactly. What I'm yeah, like guilty, guilty for... that it went wrong. Guilty about it going wrong, and not guilty about raping her. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest statement of this movie is: yeah, at the beginning, she dresses a little sexy, she rubs up on guys, does her sexy dances, and I think the biggest statement of this movie is like: it doesn't matter what she was wearing, what she was doing, what state she was in. She didn't deserve this. And I think 2019, pretty important message. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, like, during the rape when he was like, well, you acted like you liked me last night. Mm-hmm. Doesn't give him the right to do anything now. Yeah, gross. Gross. Mm. Ugh. Something else he said that grossed me out was he said, we'll get lawyers. They'll think of something they always do. Gross. That's also class. Um, and last thing is when he's holding her up against the wall at the very end. But you have to put up a fight. Women always have to put up a fucking fight. That one I made note of. That was a, a drill at home. Gross guys. And then she just penetrates him <laughs> she with her fingers. really reaches through. <laughs> that yeah. was icky. Do you, I want. What are y'all's thoughts 
on that final scene where they're chasing each other in this circle. I just feel like I had such like a body response to that scene. And I was just one. If y'all don't have anything, that's fine. But I was just wondering. I thought it was creative. I thought it was a good, interesting thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to like come up for a reason why of like running in circles. Like yeah, what does this mean? To me, it mean? just feels like like a ball of snow rolling down a mountain, building, getting faster. And I was just like. Oh my god! By the end, like I was like, and then all the blood, and she slips and falls, and she can't like crawl because she keeps slipping. I was just like anxiety to a whole new level with this scene because I mean, you could say like the whole like Ugh, if someone would just stop, it would be all over, you know. Don't run up the stairs, don't go in that door. Well, you know the same horror movie stuff we do all the time, but I think there was just such like momentum. And um, I felt like you could like see what they were thinking. And I was thinking it along with them. And you have to think like, what would I have done in that situation? Like, yeah, I could turn around. But like, if I didn't get the shots from him knowing where he was in the house, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know what to do either. Well, yeah. And we've spent this whole podcast or I have. Ta- I mean, we all have talking about power and strength and, you know, journey. But I mean, they're both probably really scared in that moment. Yeah. And so I could I could feel that through the screen. I thought this was the creation of this movie was a plus gold star. Mm -hmm. Incredible. I was very worried about her feet, though. I mean, those had to be cut up and she was stepping in all kinds of blood. Yeah. I kept thinking, oh, they're maybe calloused by now. Then I was like, wait, it's been a day. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. And also that sand was probably hot. You know, when you like get mm-hmm. out of the pool and you're walking on the concrete. Yeah. But I mean, it's probably really cold at night, too. That's true. So extremes. Maybe Unpleasant she got a little. It's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe she got a little like sinusy cold from the quick weather. change. I'm curious about both of your thoughts on this. Kind of. I brought it up in a joking way during the movie, but she had like a. Tomb Raider vibe going on but I thought the outfit was a little sexy and I know it was like kind of out of necessity of like what she had on in the moment when she ran out and like obviously was taking off her clothes to like bandage or whatnot. it was a choice of the movie but I don't know what you guys think about that I don't I um I agree I don't know that i have a thought about that okay so i can only hypothesize from my own brain and my own opinion so feel free to disagree but she starts the movie as like a sexy floozy pushover kind of just an empty character we've seen her in movies before there wasn't a lot of character development besides her being like i want to go to la and be a star and She's on a trip with this guy to be his mistress and have a little sexy couple of days before she goes home, you know? hmm And it seems to me the wardrobe that she brought was the type that. of wardrobe somebody like that would bring, you know? Yeah. She was wearing that little skirt with, like, the, like, weird... I don't even know how to describe the top part of that with, like, the the, like... Yeah. Boob slips. <laughs> and 
So to me, I think that this costume is a happy medium of believable of something she might have been wearing in the moment. And but muted enough to get on to the to the rest of the movie without being distracting. Yeah. And there's there's no way to remove that sexualization from her body. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's no matter what she could have been in, I feel like the camera would have shown her body and we would have felt the same way. I do think it was important that we could see her stomach. I think that yeah. the tattoo and the, you know, the burning was important. Hmm. Butt cheeks. Maybe we didn't need the butt cheeks. I don't know. I wasn't upset. Did you guys see, I thought that when they introduced the drugs at the beginning, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to go totally different route where mm-hmm. the drugs were actually the and I guess you could debate this but I thought the drugs were actually going to be the cornerstone of the movie and they were going to all take it and then like kill each other yeah like they would have this like weird complex of killing each other mm. uh, when I first saw it first of all I was like what's that bag of hair <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought and Caroline always I feel like no matter what movie I watch with you you guess what's going to happen like 10 minutes before mm. and I I think I have this thing where I just trust everything movies tell me so then when twists happen I'm like what <laughs> but um for some reason I was convinced the first time I watched this that she was going to make it through the whole thing get picked up and then get arrested for having drugs <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Uh, so I was like all leading up to that. I was just like thinking about those drugs and I was pissed the whole time. I was like, Oh my God, like the, what a statement, you know? And then she took it and I was like, Oh, praise God. Like get that out. <laughs> <laughs> Swallow it. <laughs> Did you guys see it going a different way? I had no notions of what this movie was about. So I had no idea. I, I mean, I knew what rape revenge movies were and I knew this was one. But this movie just, like, exceeded expectations for me. The first time I watched it, I kind of just put it on as something to have on. Uh, (laughs) Not that type of movie at all. And I was just, like, glued. I was like, oh, my God. This movie's incredible. You know, during the rape scene, when the guy was like, if you want some, come in. If not, leave. I thought he was going to come in. Because Mm. then they, like, zoomed in on his mouth, eating those disgusting chocolate bear things. Mm. Ugh. So gross. I mean, if we're talking about how unsexual Ew. this movie is, that moment, V-sexual. <laughs> Ew, gross. Were you not just like getting a little simmy I that happened? No, I was watching it and I was like, men are disgusting. I know. And honestly, I keep going back. I meant to say this earlier and I forgot. I keep going back and forth between if I think him or Stan is worse mm. or mm. is worse. I'm not going to try and make that. The thing that threw me over the edge is when he was talking when he was drowning her and he was like, this is my favorite type of hunting, like waiting for them to come up and think that they're armed. They're all fucking. Yeah, that was gross. But I don't know. I just like I'm like, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it. That guy's not any better for raping her. But, I mean, that guy was so complicit in not doing anything about it and actively ignoring it and just being like, eh, it's whatever. She's just a lady. Yeah. We can just, you know, do this and be done. 
actress. And I mean, then also the hopelessness of you think that Richard's going to help her at like at, when he first like finds her and he's like, I'm going to take care of this. I was like, oh, okay, maybe like he'll be good. And the other guys will like have to like fight him or something. And then that goes away very quickly. Yeah. He kind of masterminds the rest of it, which at first I thought that the kind of big boss showdown was going to be between her and Stan. Mm hmm. And then, you know, Richard just evolves into such like a toxic masculinity, gross, hot muscle guy, you know. <laughs> I love in the scene where she is on a standoff before anyone shoots at Richard and he like goes to like say something and she just immediately shoots him. Mm hmm. And like, wow, what a blast. His whole um, flying. I'm, I mean, literally not like, woo, what a blast. <laughs> uh, like his whole like waist is gone. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then quite a splatter. Even when oh, I love just the, when he punches Stan in the nose and it's just like. Oh, cute. Yes. All right. Let's wrap this puppy up from this movie. What would you say is your most memorable murder? This movie's not a very fun movie to ask fun questions about, but let's go ahead. Well, I mean, Stan is just out. His was boring. He just got shot in the head. But the journey was pretty Yeah, exciting. the journey was exciting. I really did enjoy the murder of Richard at the end. I thought the round and around and around was a good buildup like we were talking mm -hmm. about. So I would say that's kind of my most memorable murder. Uh, you know, I'm going to go three-way split because I am, like, stabbed in the eyes. You can't compete yeah. with that. That's pretty yeah. good. So I guess it's a draw. No one wins this week mm. except for us because we don't give awards to rapists. Jen does. Jen wins. Jen wins because <laughs> she's a badass. Um, on a scale of one to ten, beautiful, awesome, empowered, badass, incredible, Never been done before. Spit on it. Shit on it. Vomit it. That's Lady Gaga line. Uh, women. How would you rate this movie? Uh, brunette woman. You forgot. She's a blonde too. She's an every woman. Seven beautiful empowered women. I'm going with a 7.25. <laughs> so seven women and then from feet to knee. <laughs> giving those feet an extra cred yeah i'm going to give this movie a nine and a half empowered women wow. out of ten. i love this movie i think it's so cool that we're finally at a point where especially horror movies can stop shitting on people and start building people up i'm this movie mm. stokes me is that how you would use that word i'm Gets stoked. stoked i'm stoked i'm stoked for this movie um. All right. So, last question: What are your favorite scary movies? The Babadook. Yeah. Let the right one in. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and say, out of the ones we've watched, this is my favorite scary movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I loved it. All right. So, next time you can join us on what's your favorite scary movie to discuss Jordan Peele's new hit. I'm saying it right now. It's a hit. It's going to be awesome. Us. It's in theaters this weekend. Go check it out. I can't wait to watch it myself. Until then, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. And if you do, you just might be our featured 
shout out next week. All right. Today's podcast review shout out goes to Duty McButtface. <laughs> he says, she says, they say, great podcast. This podcast is the perfect excuse to revisit my favorite horror movies. It really is. Yeah. Thanks, Duty. I'm the McButtface. I was about to say that's Mr. McButtface to you, Ian. <laughs> or Mrs. Oh, yeah. How dare I gender them? Um, until next time, my name is Parker Heron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Parker Del Rey. My name is Caroline Lloyd. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Caro Manifesto. And my name is Ian Hoyt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ian Hoyt. And just like last week, you can find all three of us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Scary Movie Pod. And you can find all things What's Your Favorite Scary Movie online at www.scarymoviepod.com. Follow us. For the end, can we make our best Laura Croft impersonations? Because I feel like they have a lot of similarities. They're a little bit sexual, too. Mm, Yeah. That's what this, that's how, if I had to describe this podcast in one world, it'd be sexual. (laughs) 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 (laughs)